I'm very excited about today's call, but before we begin, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching with our product of the week. Jesse, tell us about the new product that you discovered. So we are always talking about the glitz, the glam, the bling of pageantry that we all know and love, but there are always times that every queen will need to be a little bit more scaled back for either appearances or at the gym. So this week's topic is a fabulous t-shirt and it says one of my favorite phrases, it's be your own kind of beautiful. And it is a ladies t-shirt, so it has a really nice shape. It's long and lean, so it works, like I said, for a day out and about or even for the gym. So it's very versatile. Yeah. And I mean, can you use it for something like pageant rehearsals or something like a low key pageant day too? Absolutely. So I found that I used a lot of my more casual gear while I was actually in the gym during pageant week, because as you know, we need that time to yourself to unwind after a long day of rehearsals and appearances. So it's perfect for um, those more casual either events with your pageant weekend uh, activities or whether you're working out. Awesome. And how much is it and where can they find it? So you can always find our products at shop.thepageantplanet.com and it's actually on sale and it's $23.99 with free shipping. And as always, you can return it or exchange it within seven days of receiving it. And the best part of all, it's available in over 10 colors. So if your system is really um, targeted to a specific color and you want to represent it um, in a more inconspicuous way, that's a perfect way to do it. Or just if, if you have your own favorite color that you want to show off, there's that option too. Awesome. Jesse, thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. We are excited to have a leading public policy influencer and experienced multimedia expert, Roshana Baldwin, Ms. American Elegance Woman 2016 and 17, joining us today. As a national title holder, Ms. Baldwin is using her platform to do community revitalization while focusing on civic engagement and changing the narrative of underrepresented communities. Ms. Baldwin is not only established significant brand equity within her community as an industry thought leader, but she's also gained impressive experience by working for leading media outlets. Additionally, she has been featured in both print and trade publications, including the Huffington Post. And Ms. Baldwin has been included within numerous documentaries, and she's been featured on Chicago's highest rated news broadcast, in addition to numerous net, uh, national network programs. And she is here today to share with us the secret to changing the world through your platform. I'm really excited about today's call. So, Roshana, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. I'm glad to join. Awesome. So let's dive in. How does someone partner with and develop strong relationships within their community organizations? Well, it really depends on you uh, being what what do you want to focus on? What's your area of focus? What's your social issue or cause? Um, one of the things that you definitely need to do is get active in your community, whether it's volunteering at a church, whether it's volunteering at schools whether it's volunteering in a hospital, um, I think that's the first way. Whatever issue or cause that you're focused on and your your heart desires, I think it should lead you um, in that direction on really reaching out to those organizations that you really want to partner with and work with and try to create some change. Um, for me in Chicago, it I live here on the south side of Chicago. It was instantly um, working within the schools and doing mentoring and just reaching back to young girls like myself who grew up in Chicago 
and grew up in the communities that uh, we come from. Now, when someone has a generic cause, whether it be, um, let's say, Special Olympics or um, helping the underprivileged like yourself, where do they go to even know what kind of civic communities are around them? I, when I started volunteering early on, I went to a website called volunteer.org to see what was happening in and around um, Chicago. And it led me to different events that was taking place. For example, you mentioned Special Olympics. They often have, you know, practices, tryouts. So you literally type a search in and that specific cause and it will bring up a plethora of activities and events that you can really sign up for. And you can contact the organization or the direct organizer of that event and start volunteering. One of the things I did um, I met the fashion designer here in Chicago by volunteering, by going on the website, volunteer.org, typing in fashion. And it was an uh, event that she was hosting around um, victims who had been um, attacked and brutally attacked. And she would put on a fashion show every year. And I literally connected with her just by going to that website, volunteer.org, volunteermatch.org, and um, was able to connect with her that way. So individuals who have a generic cause or just looking to get out and do something, that's just one way. That website is like uh, it's a poster board for anything that's happening that you want to get active in. That's awesome. Very helpful. Volunteer.org. That's, I mean, it's great. Now, when you do that initial approach, do you suggest email or phone? And based on like what you suggest, how do you like, what's some language that you use to just open that door? I suggest, uh, me being a journalist, I know that individuals may not see an email. They might not return a call. So I suggest doing both. Reach out via email first. I would definitely reach out an email first, follow up with a phone call, put in an email, you know, hey, my name is Rashana Baldwin. I'm interested in volunteering in your event. I'm um, looking to, you know, be more active in the community or and I like this cause and say, hey, um, I would love to hear back from you. I will follow up with a call later on today or tomorrow if that's okay. Something as simple as that. Individuals want volunteers. They want that uh, where it doesn't cost them anything. They need volunteers. They want someone to come out and help them. And, you know, they want to push back on the community to get individuals to come outside their households and step out of their comfort zones and really give back. And that forms a great partnership. I could tell you countless stories of me just volunteering and people remembering that volunteer who came and did her all and, you know, spent the long hours, stayed to help out. That goes a long way. It's all about relationship building. And you start out by volunteering. And I've made a tremendous amount of um, relationships just by volunteering, whether it's an hour or two. It's like, what else am I doing? I could be, you know, taking selfies or watching TV. Why not step outside the house and do something and be active and feel good about it? Yeah. I mean, there is that initial fear, right? I mean, did you experience that initial discomfort when you first started reaching out to organizations like... I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't know if they're going to accept me. What kind of like internal dialogue did you have that you had to overcome to make that initial step? Well, it was more so when I got there that I didn't know anyone. I was like, I don't know anyone because, you know, my friends, my peers, it's like, I'm not, I, they don't want to volunteer. They're not as passionate as I am about certain causes or issues. So my fear was more so going into a new room, not knowing anyone and me being an introvert also oftentimes tends to, you know, be to myself. So I kind of have to get over that by forcing myself to be an extrovert and 
you know, put myself in those circles of individuals who are also volunteering. So I had to really, you know, come out of my comfort zone because one, um, this is something I've never done before by just volunteering and calling an organization I don't know nothing about, but I'm interested in two facilitating a relationship with the other volunteers or their staffers. So really warming up to the individual. Wow. Now as organizations as a whole, do you recommend working with a plethora of different organizations or just focus in on one and really just invest the time in that one organization? I think I would do two. I mean, a plethora could become um, time consuming. And if you're really trying to focus on making some type of impact, some type of change, I will focus on one or two and really work closely with them as you know, it is about relationship building. So you're stretching, you're stretching yourself thin if you do a plethora of organizations and you're volunteering, volunteering your time. Like I still have a nine to five, so I can't volunteer for every organization, but I'm going to choose one or two that has that, uh, you know, that mission that's close and near and dear to my heart. So I definitely would encourage individuals to have one or two where they can switch it up. Yeah. I like that. Now, when you're choosing the organizations, like the one or two organizations that you really want to dive in and volunteer for, is it okay to have goals? Like my my goal for volunteering in this organization is to open up doors for a new job or to get more sponsorship money or whatever. Is it okay to have goals? And if so, like what are some of the goals that you have like with with the organizations that you partnered with? Absolutely. I think anything you do should have a goal to it. I look at it as being a competitor, as being just a um, resident of the United States, a citizen of Chicago. What's your bottom line? Yes, it's nice and fun to volunteer. What also are you getting out of it? Whether it's building a relationship to propel you to a a career uh, move or to propel you to securing sponsorship or facilitating a relationship to leverage it, to um, really propel your uh, platform, I think you absolutely need to know what's your bottom line. If I'm going to volunteer, for example, and do community revitalization, what is my bottom line? What's the end goal? Do I want to eventually run for office or do I really want to see this community change for the better? And I want to be able to um, mentor fellow um, residents of that community to do the same thing. So you absolutely need to go into I treat it like a job. Everything is, is, I put my best foot forward. So I'm not just wasting my time just doing something just because, but those goals don't have to be as serious as I just mentioned, but it should be a goal, whether it's to maybe make new friends, whether it's to step out of your comfort zone and visit a community that you never visited, whether it's to um, get more experience in a specific field, say, for example, um, community organizing. You want to learn more about that career. That could be an opportunity for you to, in turn, somewhat do an internship by volunteering your times and services. So I look at it as, what's my bottom line? Am I gaining more knowledge? And what am I learning? How am I growing? Mm, I love that. Now, how should a like title holder go about scheduling our first platform event? I mean, how would you get the word out about it? And whom should you invite? Oh, wow. To do a platform event. You mean if I was to host my own platform event or if I was trying to secure one? Um, if you were going to host your own platform event, um, how would you go about getting the word out and whom should you invite? We live in a world of social media and being a millennial, social media is the best tool 
that was invented. Um, first and foremost, make sure your bio is clear, update, and succinct. Don't have a three-page bio. You need to have a bio that's talking about your mission and what you want to accomplish. I would definitely use social media as most purposeful as possible to put that out, idea out there. Create it on in, Eventbrite where you want to set up the event, have a day, time, location, and uh, what's the purpose and why are you inviting the community out? And then send it to the media, send it to your local media outlets. Uh, they are always looking for news. They're always looking to cover something. They're always looking the next newest, hottest thing. So I would definitely use a site like Eventbrite to want to make it public. So anyone around the country, around the city can see your event. Number two, reach out to the local media or even the local newspapers. There's so many um, media outlets that's constantly, you know, being created and established and they're constantly looking for news. So I would definitely invite the media and then also invite the local residents, the local um, politicians, the local celebrities. They want to come out. They want to be active. You know, it's so many things happening now. They want to get involved and, you know, have something to support. And then, of course, invite your family and friends, the ones who supported you. Yeah, love that. Um, it, it, even though you put on the um, Eventbrite, like, do you have any strategy in the fact where, like, if you do it on Facebook, you encourage maybe it is your friends and family and other local people and the communities that you volunteer for, like, maybe you ask them to share that post. Um, do you do anything like that to help further get the word out? Absolutely. I give incentives to friends and family who share my events, who invite them, um, whether it's, you know, giving them movie tickets for sharing my event or even helping to assist. So I make sure I create a custom link using Eventbrite to share, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter or post in different groups. I ask my friends who are also in the media to share that event, to post it on a public community board. It's so much, again, in social media that you can post in the different spaces and the different um, cyber worlds that people can see that event. So I ask individuals to post and share. I ask them to post in their groups, to post in their um you know, and their friends listen, post in on their sites as well. So that helps to drive more traffic to my event, drive more traffic to my mission and drive more traffic to what I'm doing. So friends and family could be absolutely plus. And they, I give them a language, pretty much give them language. This is what you should post. This is what you should say. And this is the reason why they should come out here and go share it for me. Yeah. And you want to make it just that easy. So all they have to do is copy and paste. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it also ensures the effectiveness too of them sharing something. Cause if you're just like, Hey, share it, they might share something and completely misrepresent what it is that you're doing. <laughs> and then you're that like, oh, and then it creates yeah. more work, right? Yes. That has happened. Give them your friends and family will do it for you. They love you. They want to who supported you. Make it as simple as possible. Give them the language, give them the URL, give them the picture and just have to ask them to share it. You have to, they have to think about what they're going to post is not going to get posted. Yeah. Now you're a policy influencer, which I think is awesome. I mean, that title, it just, I mean, I want that title, right? How does one even become a policy influencer? And like, what is a policy influencer? Oh my God. Um, so a policy influence is a person who wants to make change, who's doing something to impact change in a community. So to, you, in order to make change, you have to impact policy, the laws, change the laws. Um, that title is a very and is a very uh, brave one to take on. 
what I do in a community is it literally came from volunteering as a young girl in a community. My mom was, you know, out and active in Chicago as so much was happening around and the climate change was happening. I literally picked up on what my mom was doing in the community and literally holding our elected officials accountable. Again, as I, you know, I am a journalist. So our goal is to get answers. We, our goal is to find out what's going on, to share that story, to share that narrative. So where I live in Chicago, we have six aldermen. And my job is to make sure that I have a relationship with them by, you know, being at those tables, by being a part of those conversations as we want to know what's happening in our community, not waiting for um, someone to dictate what's the future of these communities or what's going to happen in uh, the laws. You're being a part of those conversations, um, asking, pushing back on our elected officials. We vote to get them in office. So we're their constituents. So they have to respond to us. You're supposed to. So taking that step forward and really getting in their face. Like, I want to know what's happening in my community. I want to know why. I want to know why these schools are here. I want to know what's happening over here in education. I want to know what's happening with this new grocery store coming in the community. I want to know how these taxes are being paid. So literally being a part of those conversations, facilitating relationships, creating relationships. And that goes back to volunteering, volunteering in the community, coming out to events and meetings and activities that's happening in your community because you want to be at the forefront of what's happening in the world and that's going to trickle down into your life or to other communities so being constantly out there in front i hope you know that really sinks into individuals like that's why you have to be active that's why you have to step outside of your house and volunteer in some capacity and i often talk about everyone is not going to go out and be you know an activist or going to street march i don't do that I, my, I'm going to go directly to the table and sit down with the elected officials and ask questions. And people may say, well, how do you get invited? By going to their meetings, by showing up, by asking for their phone number, by following up with their chief of staff, by asking who their assistant is, asking the right questions. And they see those individuals. They remember that young lady who was at the meetings. They remember that person who was volunteering. They remember that um, young man who came up and, you know, inquired more and wanted to know. They remember individuals who show up and are authentic. Yeah. And it's just like in order to make any change in any industry, whether it's politics or pageantry or whatever else, you have to serve first. I mean, mm-hmm. absolutely. I was in my crappy apartment writing blogs, three blogs a day, every day, like <laughs> for Pageant Planet all by myself for a year and a half before anybody took notice. I mean, every day. Absolutely. You keep at it. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, I mean, well over a thousand articles, like these hands typed all by themselves before people are like, hey, this is actually a somewhat decent site. And then people started to follow and then seven years later, right? So with you, especially coming off the heels of a really intense election where, I mean, both sides were throwing mud at the other and it was just (laughs) nasty and, and everybody's wanting to make a change, but it's only individuals like you that's basically put in the effort for years before that could be those policy influencers and and really make the change when the time came. So, um, and isn't that what pageantry is all about in these platforms? I mean, aren't we doing that to make a change, right? Put in that hard work, get out there and do something. You cannot complain about the ills, the evils, the misfortunes of the world if you're not doing anything. And I have friends who come from different backgrounds and it's like, wow, you're doing so much. I don't expect 
my fellow, uh, you know, colleagues or friends to do exactly the same thing or, you know, um, sit down with every elected official. I push back on them and say, whatever field you're in, whether it's even pageantry, whether it's a nonprofit sector, whether it's entertainment, whether it's corporate America, what are you doing to make a difference? What are you doing to have diversity? What are you doing to have inclusion? in those fields that you you work in, whether you are in the medical field, what are you doing to make a difference? What are you are you putting your best foot forward in that career, in that choice that you've made to succeed in that career, in that path, in that um path? Are you really making sure that um people are being treated fairly? And that just it's just doing one thing, you know. So it's a lot to make different to make a difference and to really impact policy, but it just takes one person doing what they like doing best and really being open and open-minded and calling out things they see that is unfair or, or just speaking up or saying, yeah, this doesn't look right. Huh? Maybe we do need some diversity. Huh? Maybe we do need some inclusion. Now, based on your experience, what are the differences between those who are able to create successful change and those who are not? Oh, wow. What is my experience? I, I think I measure success in small increments. I don't look for the, oh, you changed the laws last week or individuals who may, for example, a small success, getting an elected official to come out to something that they wasn't coming to, getting an individual to pay attention to a cause, not so much as, you know, adopting that cause, but understanding why it may not be okay or understanding what that cause really is and how it it can impact someone. Um, I think being not successful is not doing anything, not saying anything, just talking about it. I think that's what people fall flat. You could talk about it. You know, I call out friends of who I see posts on social media. Don't be a social media um, activist or a loud mouth. Do something about it. You can, we could post and create as we live in this world of, you know, social media, all these wonderful hashtags, but what are you actually doing to make any type of impact? Mm, I love that. So what are the key to getting others to support your goals and and your plans? I tell them, you know, as it goes back to my platform, you know, it's going to, it affects everything we do kind of affects everyone. Um, So you can't say, oh, it's just that specific town or it's just that specific community is trickling down across the United States. So again, I, I push back on my friends and family and colleagues. Well, what are you doing to make a difference? You could tell me, Rashana, you should run for office or Rashana, you should be the queen of the universe, but also, but what are you doing? So how are you helping me? So I won't be, you know, tired and I get overworked because eventually I need assistance as well. So you have to support me as well, whether it's coming to my events, whether it's volunteering with me, whether it's you creating your own uh, mission or cause, whether it's you um, also being involved in any issue. So I ask them, what are you doing as well? Don't look for one person to make a change. You be that person that helps too. you be that person who's going to cheer them on. You be that person that's going to, you know, also step outside of your comfort zone. So speaking of like making a change on a more of a global basis, what's the best way to get your message out to others on a large scale scale basis? Again, social media, use social media with a purpose. Um, what platform, so, what, what platform do you best recommend um, to get that what, out there to push it out? What? Um, I love Twitter. 
Well, which would you say, Twitter? Twitter. Twitter. I absolutely 100% love Twitter. Keep it short and clean. Keep it short and clean. That's number one because everyone can see it. Facebook, you have to send friend requests and it gets lost in translation and your news feeds gets pushed down. But I would definitely say Twitter. Twitter is the best way any and everyone can see it. You don't have to send them friend requests. And I also love the Periscope. People are so, you know, quick to jump on Snapchat, but Periscope, you can broadcast live and you can look in other countries. You can click on, if I want to see what's happening in California right now, I can literally click on who's ever live right now in California broadcasting. So I, I would use social media, specifically Twitter. Next would be Periscope and then next would be Facebook. That's one of the ways to get your platform, your mission. And hashtags do work as long as they're effective and they're short. People start to follow hashtags and people see that social media, you can become trendy. But make sure you're trending with a purpose. We see celebrities trending. They create those imprints. They create that digital footprint because they're using social media to work with them, not against them. They're not using it as a like um sounding board, if you will, but they use it for a purpose. People pay for those clicks, those ads, those tweets, those likes. So use it purposefully and meaningfully. Yeah, it's fun, but absolutely, I would say, again, back to your original question, Twitter, Periscope, and then Facebook. That's great. Now, another way to get your message out is through live events or other forms of media, and you can do that through speaking engagements and interviews. You've certainly secured your fair share. (laughs) How do you go about um, securing those speaking engagements and interviews? So when I'm volunteering, I always send a bio when I, when I'm asked to um, speak or when I do volunteer, I usually, it's about relationship building. So first and foremost, at any volunteer event, I make sure I introduce myself, what, you know, introduce myself to the organizer, the, the other volunteers and, you know, make sure I have business cards they remember that person who came and helped and stood out and stayed long. They remember that young girl who came professionally as if it was a job, who showed up on time, who stayed late. And I get calls back to say, hey, can you come out to speak to our young girls about mentoring and, you know, body imaging? Um, I get invited to schools by literally being in those circles, networking. It's, I treat volunteerism and civic engagement as if it's a job. Because you never know what door is going to lead to or what door is going to open. So when I'm out there volunteering, I make sure I have my business cards with me. I make sure if I don't have my business cards, I go back to social media. Here are my Twitter handle. Here's my Facebook page. Here's my Instagram account. You can follow me here. Here's my email address. I'll follow up with individuals. I'd suggest to anyone when you go out and you're volunteering in these events and they, you know, they give you their your card, ask them for their card. For the most part, someone who's of a high stature or influencer or celebrity or politician, don't let them just take your card. Take their card. If they don't give you their card, ask for their assistance card. They don't have that. Ask for their, you know, um, chief of staff. I oftentimes working in the, you know, journalism and in the newsrooms and you're trying to book an interview, you need to be able to, if you can't reach that key person, you need to reach the next person in charge. Again, make sure that you have their information because they all they're so busy and consumed with so many other things that that can get lost in translation. So I'll follow up that way. And they remember my persistence. They remember those emails. And they're like, hey, we need to have her at our event. Hey, we need to get her to speak. She is someone of a purpose. And that led to a lot of interviews that led to me being able to come out and speak at schools, me at being asked to be a part of different um, boards, me asking to, me being asked to join, um, 
different organizations. They saw that they saw my tenacity. They saw my leadership. and like, hey, we need someone like her on board. One of the things that I mean, to completely echo what you're saying, when I had my marketing company and I, I owned a marketing company for about five or six years and I didn't have any business cards. And then, but so when I was at networking events, they're like, you don't have a business card. You own a marketing company. I said, no. And then, well, how do I get a hold of you? You're like, you don't like, I get a hold of you. Like, if you're interested, give me your business card. And if they didn't give me a business card, I knew that they weren't interested. Right. Right. And like, because a lot, oftentimes you give your business card and you walk away, that person just throws it in the trash. Yes. But if you get theirs, the power is in your hands to follow up. And again, to echo, I always followed up by offering value first before asking for anything. Mm-hmm. So if their industry was, I mean, let's just even say like the garbage business, then I yeah. would think, how do they get their clients? And I would send them like a valuable article. Hey, stumbled upon this online. Here's this really great article. I thought it would add value to your business, something like that. And then I would follow up maybe after that with, Hey, let's meet. And I closed so much business that way. And I mean, it works in every facet of life. If you add value first, cause you stick out like a sore thumb. Absolutely. It's about what can you do for them? Then you make, once you establish that connection, then you go in for the ask. Again, it's really about relationship building and stepping outside of your comfort zone and being direct with someone. And again, formulating that relationship is, is really, it's really hard. It's not an easy process. As you know, yeah. it's about who you know, but how do you, how, but how do you initially start to get that relationship? It goes back to being out there. They need to see you. Don't sit behind an email or a phone. They need to see you. They need to put name with face. They need to see you out and about. And that's how you get the buzz. That's how you become trendy. That's how you get maybe an interview or some type of coverage. They need to see you out and about in action doing your thing. Yeah, it's a lot like dating, right? I mean, if you <laughs> uh-huh. if on your first date you're dating a guy and all of a sudden you ask him to borrow money, that date's not going to go very far. But like, <laughs> you offer value first. Oh, tell me about more about your boring life. I want to hear more about that, and then he'll pay for the meal. Um, so, uh, okay. So overall, like for girls, what's the best strategy for the title holders who are really wanting to make a significant change in their community? If you had to narrow it down to maybe one action step that they could do today to do to make a significant change, what would that be? Put your best foot forward first. Um, secondly, show up, be present, um, have a uh, your own network that you can reach back to and ask for support and help, ask for resources. Um, yeah, I just thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, so put your best foot forward. And what I, what I take from that is like when you show up, show up ready to work and show up ready to serve and then find an organization that you know truly is in alignment with your platform, what your passion is, and go and put forth the effort, like, you know, spend the time and, and that's how you make the difference. Would you agree? Yeah. Treat it like a project. Treat it like, I look as if it's like a project for school and you really want this A, you really want, you really want this A, you really want to win and you want to see this project from start to finish. Treat it like your baby. You're going to take care of it. You're going to nourish it and you're going to see this beautiful project become awesome. So you have to really follow through with everything you do. Show up show out, be persistent, 
Never take no for an answer. It's your project. Keep reworking it. Keep reworking it. Take small increments as um, success. Don't look for something overnight to happen right away. You have to really work at it to really achieve anything. You have to really be willing to fail, but move on and keep trying again and try different methods. You have to really step outside of your comfort zone. So again, put your best foot forward, show up and show out and really work at it. Never give up until you get some type of result. You have to really take it again into small increments of measuring different small measuring small steps of success. Yep, totally agree. So like girls who are listening, they can find out more about the Ms. American Elegance Woman by going to Pageant Planet, going to Directory and clicking on Find a Pageant. They can view you there. But I mean, you mentioned that you are very active on um, Twitter, but what are some of the the social media channels that both you personally are active on and uh, Ms. American Elegance Woman so that girls can easily find you? I'm available. Yeah. My website first and foremost is Miss MS Rashana Baldwin.com. And then you can find me on Twitter. My handle is Miss underscore Shauna B S H A N A H B. And my Facebook is Miss American Elegance Woman. That's it's awesome. open and yes, yeah, open. It's open. So yeah, I'm available pretty much on all social media. And I'm searchable. I'm Google. I'm Googleicious. <laughs> <laughs> Googleicious. That's awesome. I think that should be a trending hashtag right there. <laughs> well, Rashana, thank you so much for taking the time to to share with us um, your insight. I know it's very valuable, and I know the girls on the other end are taking total, like just copious notes. So, again, thank you, and we are wishing you the very best. Thank you so much, and I look forward to talking to you in the near future of all the great things that's yet to come. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.